Welcome to Bishop Blessing Lebebe's podcast, the pod all about the Word of God, which brings change and transformation in our lives. If you are at home, get your pen and paper. If you are at work, get your headphones. If you're driving, then turn the volume up and get ready to be enlightened. We have just one word for you. We further, uh, I, before we went to deal with the issue of servanthood. I had detoured from my original topic in the church, which was those who accuse you. I felt a very great burning in my spirit to preach about servanthood and how important servanthood is for a believer, that we are serving leaders, not the other way around. Uh, we are servants first and we are qualified by servanthood to become leaders. And I had uh, detoured from my original uh, topic which was those who accused you. And the reason why I felt very important for this I don't like detouring from topics, but I, I really felt in my spirit we needed servants more in this church. Because most of us, we get caught up in the glory of things. And we forget that service is not about being seen. The moment you are worried about who's watching you, you are losing a specific heart. The moment you are hurt by uh, nobody has ever said thank you to me. There's a specific heart that is coming into you. Yes. And it is a heart of glory. It is a heart to be seen, but not a heart to serve. Amen. But we pray that in this house, we get servants. We get servants. So during the leadership, I went on with those who accused you for a while. And it worked effectively. And I mean, when you think about the importance of those who accuse you, you must remember Jesus was crucified without any criminal charge. Without any evidence, no recordings, just accusations. Oh, he said this, he did that, he did that. He he did this, no evidence, no accusations. To a point where 
When Pilate tried to rescue, he says, I don't see why you are accusing this man. I, I really don't see it. Yes. Look at what I say, we don't see it. Yes. Then look at what they did. They turned around and they accused Pilate. To a point where Pilate was so accused that he gave up Jesus. Uh, he, he wanted to protect him, but the moment they turned on him and they said, You do not honor Caesar. Oh, that accusation made him say, You know what? I don't want anything to do with this business. Then, then Pilate had to go. And say, oh, after such an accusation, I, I don't want to be part of this one. They accused me of not loving Caesar. See, Jesus had to be taken to the cross because all that they did, they came with a full loaded arsenal of accusation. They took a murderer who had killed someone where there was evidence, there were witnesses, there was a court, there was proof. He killed them. He killed them. Oh, but they said, this one we don't want. We want this one. Maybe the, 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 the lesson we learn is that probably accusations are more dangerous than the real thing. Yeah, accusations. Oh, yes. I wish I could deal with why are accusations more dangerous than the real thing. Maybe if I, I wish I had time, but we don't have time. So in the church, we did, I have to look at your name and say, we love, we, we love the Lord. <laughs> your accusations will never stop until you react wrongly. Yeah, they will never stop accusing until you react. The only way to stop accusations is when you react in the wrong way. Moses eventually made a mistake in his mistake in his ministry. He was under the constant pressure of accusations. Under persistent provocation. He disobeyed God. The ultimate intention of the accuser. Until he wants to push you until you change your direction. 
So in actual reality, there is the direction an accusation is pushing you to. Yeah, you stole this and stole that. This is what happened. I didn't do it. I didn't. What? You are right. I didn't do it. Those accusations are like a hand at your back pushing you somewhere. They are pushing you somewhere. So, to realize that Moses, he was walking, God chose Moses as the most, I was saying to to the leaders, I said the Bible says Moses was the most humble, humble. Look, look, you know, I've heard stories, I've heard of people in the Bible, but the Bible says Moses was the most humblest person on earth. Do you know humble people? Some of you, if I ask you, are you humble? You, you laugh yourself. You say, hey, I'm not sure. Because you know that there are some parts of you they still need deliverance. Yeah. I'm about what I think. I can't let them. Oh, yeah, you know you. I'm not that kind. You are like that. Now, if you see, if you didn't know that information, you will not understand how much pressure Moses was under. The most humblest person on earth was in so much pressure. Uh, maybe, 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 maybe I'm choosing the wrong people. Maybe there's a humblest person in this church. I don't know. Maybe, if you're the most humble one, please stand up. We want to know you. We want to see you. Oh, maybe, maybe we don't know you. Even in the church, you can't. Hey, hey. Maybe we don't know you. Oh, yes. But, but under accusation, you will see how Moses buckled under pressure of accusations. Claims that he's a liar. Or he's a murderer. Instead of obeying the Lord, because of these pressures, he hit the rock. With the rod. Instead of speaking to it. This cost Moses his ministry. And he never saw the promised land. Go with me to the book of Numbers chapter 20 verse 2. When the 12 verse 13, go back. You are, you, you are anointed. You, you already got it. Now Moses was very humble. Was very humble man. 
more humble than anyone on the face of it. On earth, look at your name and say, on earth. If Moses was that humble, but look what he does on verse, on chapter 20, verse 2. Bible says, and there was no water for the congregation. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. And the people showed with Moses and spake, saying, Would God that we, di- we had died when our brethren died before the Lord? And why have you brought up the congregation of the Lord into the wilderness? That we and our cattle just died. And wherefore have ye made us to come up out of Egypt? To bring us into this evil place. It is no, pla- it is, it is no place of seed. Or figs. Or of vines. Or pomegranates, neither there be any water to drink. Oh, what an accusation! You came here to make us mass murderer. You came to kill over two million people in the desert. You are not saving us. You are strategically bringing us here to kill us. Oh yes. You are a strategic murderer. And the Lord spake unto me, saying, Take the rod and gather thou assembly together. And Aaron thy brother spake ye unto the rock, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes. And he shall give forth his water. And thou, and thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock. So thou shalt give the congregation and their beasts to drink. And Moses took a rod from before the Lord. That statement is a deep one. We'll teach about it some other day. And he commanded him as he commanded him. As he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock. And he said unto them, Hear now ye rebels. You see he's already angry. He says, Hear now ye what? He's already hot. He's already hot. But who are you calling a mass murderer? Who are you really calling a mass murderer to kill chickens and cows? Me. You, how could you think of such evil about me? I bring you all the way from where you come from to come here just to kill you. What an accusation. Says, ye rebels, must we fetch water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand. And with his rod, with his rod, ah, he smote the rock twice.
and the water came out abundantly. And the congregation decks and their beasts also. And the Lord spake ye unto Moses and Aaron. Because you didn't believe me. To sanctify me in the eyes of Israel. Therefore you shall not bring the congregation. Into the land which I have given them. I heard of a story. Not really a story I've heard, but it's real life. Yes. Another woman was fighting with a man. Took off the clothes, took off the, 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 the blanket. She's mad. The guy says, until the guy beat him. Pushed him, pushed him, pushed him, pushed him. But when he got there, she started crying. Ah! He is abusing me. You see, there are certain accusations that are pushing you somewhere. And when you get there, you will be in trouble. You, you are in trouble. Listen, this is the same thing. They pushed him and pushed him and pushed him. Oh, guess who was in trouble? Who was in trouble? Israel was not in trouble. Moses was in trouble. We are, we are taking you to that place where you don't want to go. You thought you won't go. We will take you with accusations. We will make you stand up in front of people and show them that you are actually a swearing person. You are actually a liar. You actually have a temper. You don't really love people. You are not a good pastor. We will push you there. Until the pastor stands up and says, I did be a bill of a I cannot tell a little bit of Oh. Then everybody watching, they're like, oh, pastor is such a bad pastor. Not knowing that there was someone at the back. And then they say, you see, we told you. I don't know if you're hearing me. Until you're acting correctly, accusations won't end. I don't know. I'm not preaching the right sermon. Maybe I should change it. Yes. I've been accused of being a witch. I'm worried sometimes. That's why sometimes you won't find me praying for people in certain places. Yeah, even if they call me, they say, I'd rather say come to church. Because if my accusers see me there, yes, 
Or maybe should I say it the way you don't want me to say it? Oh, I'm in trouble. Finally, someone will say, Oh, we saw it. He was getting out. Oh, listen. When was it? I think four or five years ago, I was called to come and bury him in Nyanga. Oh, you don't know what I'm talking about. You guys don't get it. I couldn't go. Because the son was in this church, I couldn't go. I said to someone, I said, hey, please, fellow away. Because accusations are pushing you. Listen to how Moses responds. He doesn't say the people of the Lord, since he want water, today we've got aquela, this side we've got, uh, what's another, what's another flavor? No, he doesn't say that. He says, you rebels. You rebels. I've been telling you there's water, but you are pushing me now. I'm tired. I wonder if it was two sentences, what would have said? Oh, I'm asking you. Oh, yes. Accusations. They, listen, if a person were to push you with their hands, they are lighter than what accusations do to you. John Wesley came under intense pressure to alter the course of his ministry. The wife did not want him to, to, to write letters to other people. Yes. Who is it? Joseph Prince. Not Joseph Prince. I'm forgetting the name of that man. He preaches in the mornings 5.30 a.m. at Radio Pulpit. No, impact. You know, it's, yeah, it's Joseph Prince. Yeah, it's Joseph Prince. Not the, the, the Chinese one, but the, the, the other one, the American guy. His wife, he, he wrote in his book, my wife is my greatest accuser and enemy of the work of God. So John Wesley, his wife, was saying to him, this one, don't write a letter to this one. You don't know this one. Leave him. His wife did not want him to write letters to certain people. He did not want him to travel. Why are you going to go? When the man starts a car, Boom, says, oh, where are you going? What about the children here? When he says, I'm going to preach the word of the Lord. Then she says, oh, why don't you preach the word of the Lord to your family? 
She did not want him to carry out ministry duties. To travel and visit churches. I was sitting down and thinking on my own that before my wife married me, probably uh, she did not think she wanted to marry a pastor. I don't think so. Yeah, I, can, I think I can do a survey here. Most women, when they think about marrying a pastor, I'm trying to say something. John Wesley says No, she's here. I'm not lying. She's here. I'm not talking somewhere. No, she didn't. I, I, I sometimes think that women know what it takes to be a pastor more than we. We find out, hey, this is something. Why we are working on this is something. John Wesley's wife, when he started the car, oh, you, you, you know the church. Wesley, some of you, when you hear Wesley, maybe it's because it's English. Uh, John Wesley is the one who started Wesley. You see how big that church is? How powerful that church is? Uh, why? It is, it is almost in every country today. Yes, but the biggest opposition to that church was the wife. Now, she was accusing him. You see, you can't go travel. I remember I, <laughs> I remember I was sitting with a friend of mine. And he was and you know they wear a uniform. You know the uniform. You don't know the uniform. I said to myself, and he was telling me how much he loves going to church. And I thought to myself, Oh, this would have not happened. Yeah, all this international Wesleyan what? This is what Wesley says. Married or not, he saw no reason why he should change the course of his life. He wrote this into his journal. I cannot understand how a Methodist preacher can answer to it and go preach one less sermon travel one less day in his marriage than in his singleness. Why would you not go one less? Why? The woman of God. Man of God. Why would you preach one less sermon? 
I remember when my wife and I got married, I think the first year or two. Ah. It was an adjustment, though. It was a big adjustment. Oh, yes. Oh, because we do church. Some of my sons were watching me. He's married now. They were doing that to me. I, I know. I, he's married now. We are, we are watching you. This was he makes sure I'm standing here. Did I preach one less sermon? And, oh no, we have not stopped. Have we reduced? Oh. Have we minus anything? We have done even more. We did not relax. We did not tire. We did not rest. It became more. Law number five. When I was single, I was on fire. Now I am the fire. I will burn it. Ah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, ah. When, when I was single, I was catching fire from others. Now you catch me, you will be on fire. Yeah. Well, like that. Why? God is working harder. I'm leaving you. You are making me preach too much. Listen, accusations should not stop you from doing your ministry. Yes. Accusations should make you move more. I was, oh, we'll talk about that some other time. I think during leadership, I have this story. And I remember when I was in Guiani, I was, I was blessed by this man of God. I did not know the size of his ministry. And he came under heavy accusations some years back, just three, four years ago. In South Africa. Then, when I switched on the TV, I never watched that television station. Nonetheless, I don't watch any station. So, when I came, and I saw how big that guy's ministry is. See, this man refused to let accusations stop his ministry. Uh, he refused, he refused. He says, I'm going. The underlying causes of accusations are the common causes of madness. Key <laughs> interpretation. The underlying causes of accusations are the common causes of madness. I have to be careful. I have to be careful. Me and time today, we are not friends. The underlying causes of accusations, number Luke chapter 6, verse 7 to 11. 11. Chapter 6, chapter 6 verse 7. 
and 11. And the scribes and Pharisees watched him. That they might find an accusation against him. Then 11 simply says, go to 11 quickly. Also, let, let, let's read the whole of it so that you can understand. But the Pharisees and teachers of the law were furious and began to discuss. You are in 67. You are in 7. The Pharisees and teachers of the law were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. So they watched him closely to see if he could heal on the Sabbath. Number 8. But Jesus knew that they were thinking, what they were thinking to the men with chivalrous, with shriveled hand. Get up and stand in front of everyone. So he got up and stood there. Then Jesus said, I asked you, which is more lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save or to destroy, to save a life or to destroy it? Eleven. He looked around on them all and he said to them, stretch out your hand, he stood. And his hand was completely restored. Verse 11. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were furious and began to discuss. Were furious and began to discuss with one another that they might get him. In the, in the version I have here, I think it's the New Living Translation, it says, and they were filled with madness. Find that version for me. The other one says furious and they were filled. There it is. Is it the New King James? Oh, it's the King James. It says, and they were filled with madness. They were filled with what? The common cause of accusations is the same one that causes madness. Notice how they watched Christ to find something to accuse him. Eventually, they got filled with madness. Fear. Hatred. Are the common causes of accusations. Men and women full of fear. And hatred. Become the outlet of Satan's accusation. The, Lord, the enemy uses people who are full of fear and hatred to create accusations. This is why you must keep your heart pure. Keep hatred and fear far from your heart. Let me share with you a little medical science. So that you can understand the relationship between accusations and madness or mental illness. Two cardinal symptoms schizophrenia, they are par again, oh sorry, paranoid delusions and auditory hallucinations. With auditory hallucinations, the patient hears voices accusing him. 
talking to him with paranoid delusions, the patient fearfully believes the existence of things that are not real and cannot convince, cannot be convinced otherwise. In mental illness, fears drive patients to the road of lunacy. In spiritual illness, fear also drives a person down the road of accusation. In mental illness, fear if the fearful state progresses until the patient hears the voice and imagines things that are not real. Do not allow raging fears of this life in your heart. Do not allow the raging fears of your life in your heart. They may drive you towards mental illness. Which we never expected. In mental illness, the patient believes in things that are not real. With spiritual problems, people are deceived and they cling to their own deceptions. It is these deceptions that grow to delusions. Actually, with the privilege of um, of, um, of a medical eye, one notices many apparently normal people are laboring under some form of mental illness because of the span of mental illness and behavior and long periods of lucidity of, of, of lucidity. Many women, many women succumb to raging fears and insecurities and have gradually walked the road of mild and moderate psychosis. This is the quote from Bishop Deck. He says, I have actually confirmed the diagnosis of mental illness in many Christians. I cannot approach them because they have not sought medical help from me. Have you noticed that many murderers are filled with passionate hatred for someone? It is this hatred that drives them to do the unthinkable. They, 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 they knowingly sentence themselves to life, imprisonment, and hell. This is the manifestation of madness. The book of Matthew chapter 26 verse 47. It reads as thus. And while you speak, Lord Judas, are we there? Matthew 26, 47. I have to be
while he spake, Judas, Lord Judas, one of the twelve came, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and elders of the people. The behavior of the Pharisees and accusatory priests accuse us who are priests. Can best be described as madness. They were filled with such hatred for the Savior that they did the unthinkable. They killed God on a cross. They were full of fear. Their employment was being questioned. They were employed to betray someone in the, who, who is preaching what they are saying openly. Judas even much worse. He was called to betray someone who is walking with. The role of Judas as a betrayer is a very mystical thing. When you consider how Jesus openly whipped him in front of the, of the 12 disciples just a few days earlier. When he talked to him and said, oh, you will betray me. And then he goes on and does exactly that. The fear of Christ was demonstrated by kind of army they brought. To attack a man without a sword and to bring a sword, it shows that these people were influenced by fear. Accusers are influenced by fear and anger. The book of Luke chapter 22 verse 52 and 53. Then Jesus said unto the chief priests and captains of the temple and the elders and the elders which were come to him, be ye come out as against a thief with with swords and staves. When I was with you daily in the temple. You did not come and stretch your hand forth towards me. But this is your hour. And the power of darkness. Accusers are empowered by fear. When you have a lot of insecurities and fear. When you are full of anger. Oh, pray that the, that the devil does not use you to become an accuser. Your anger can become weaponized against somebody. Your fears can be weaponized against somebody. The law number six. 
your accusers strive on non-biblical quotations. Proverbs and sayings. And non-biblical, non-biblical words. As long as it's not the word of God, they will thrive. Accusations thrive on non-biblical quotations and sayings. One day I received a document from someone who believed that my church is a cult. Oh no, the church is a cult. This organization is built like a cult. Initially I was taken aback by the document. We seem to have an authority on describing what a cult is. It started by saying uh, the characteristics of the cult is an emphasis on loyalty. This fellow was pointing out to me that because I have taught loyalty, and, read, and, and even reading the books of loyalty, our church has a strong character of a cult. This cleverly composed argument sound very true. This argument sound very true. But can be very misleading. As I studied the paper, I realized that there was absolutely no biblical basis for this argument. No authoritative biblical basis for this argument. Which Bible verse says that when a church teaches about loyalty, it's a cult? Is there not so much in the Bible that teaches us to be faithful? What was the fate of Judas? Unfaithfulness. I was saying to someone, I said, if preaching about disloyalty makes us a cult, then marriage is a cult. Then marriage itself is a cult. If you don't want marriage to become a cult, preach disloyalty to marriage. You don't know. You can do whatever you want. With whoever you want. However you want. Therefore, when we were marrying my beautiful wife, we were marrying into a cult. Are you hearing me? What was the fate of Judas? Did Jesus not say it would have been better that he was not born? About which sin did Jesus ever say it would have been better that the person was not born? How how can the teaching of loyalty and faithfulness to God and his servants be categorized as questionable. 
Even the suggestion of this is demonic. In addition, otherwise cracks have gained prominence and have become the basis for wrong behavior and accusation. Even in churches, there are unspiritual women living by fear and trumped up by accusations against their husbands and men in general. These women refuse to bend to the word of God. They have answers to everything and rely on such statements. It's a woman's world. I am a woman, I know what it feels like. You are not a woman and you will never understand the certain things. They say things like, you are a man, you are all the same. Anyway, this is how men think. Women are made differently. You are a man, you have knowledge but no experience of the pain women go through. All these clever statements sound legitimate. And they sound even reasonable. They may be clever, but they are not biblical. They must go, they must not give strength and foundation to the practice of evil. We cannot allow the accuser in our midst no matter the garb or costume he wears. He may be all dressed up in pretty dresses, nice hair, do's and don'ts, it is still the devil. Law number seven. Are you ready? I'm worried about my time. Listen. Don't allow the devil to use you to accuse. The Bible says his, his greatest job is to sit before God and accuse you. And accuse you. Uh, is that the daughter? Is that your daughter? Is it your daughter doing what you're thinking? Serious, your daughter. Is that is that is that is that your son? Did you see what your son is doing? Whose job is that? The moment you take on the garb of the devil. his employee. I'm going to rule law number. It says, when an accuser is proven wrong, he will follow up with several other desperate accusations.
Unfortunately, many accusations do not hold water. Now the accuser is at a big risk. After false accusation, will he step back? Or will he make other desperate attempts to prove that he is not a falsehood? And he resorts to multiple diverse forms of accusations. Which become more bizarre. The madness builds up as the accuser prosecutes his case and calls witnesses to confirm that, to confirm for which he has no proof. Jesus was spat on and perfected. The book of Luke chapter 14 verse 56 so began to spit at him and to blindfold him and beat him with fists and saying prophesy and the officer received him with slaps in the face received with slaps on the face why did they spit on him to make him as dirty as they wanted him to be but our Lord was clean and innocent of all allegations made against him why cover his face? Why cover his face to make him prophesy? They wanted to prove that he's a false prophet. Do not be surprised if your accuser becomes desperate to find something to use against you. It is not easy to live with anyone who searches for flaws in your life. Since you are a human being, you are likely to split up at one point. You are likely to slip up at one point or another. It is wrong for a pastor to claim to be God. Or even for a pastor to claim to be all righteous. Yes. Do I still need God a lot? Yes. I think if I was that holy, God would have taken me by now. But to sit down and wait to be accused. I, re I remember there was a year where I felt like I was walking. You know, you are, you are a pastor, isn't it? but you know that thing where on the circus, circus, the, 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 you know circuses, they climb on a string. You know, they, they climb on a string and they walk like this. You are not seeing it. Oh, yes. And, and, and the person is wearing funny shoes. And they are walking very slow. And then everybody in the church, in the circus, in the in the in the in the in the in the, in the tent is going, ooh. Ah! Ooh. 
Imagine if that was the pace of ministry. When will we get there? I still need the cross. That's why the Bible says, run the race. Yes. When you are busy running, sometimes you will kick someone, kick something. Ah. You are getting tired, and when you get tired, the other one runs faster than you. Listen. It is not easy. John Wesley writes to his wife. I'm, I'm loving because it gives a lot of examples about wives that are used. Women of God, we are watching you. I don't know where are most women. Are they this side or that side? These are guys. Yeah, they start here. Women of God, we are watching you. Listen. He says, this is what John Wesley says, I dislike them not being safe in my own house. My house is not my castle. I cannot call even my study. Even my bureau. My own. They are all liable to be plundered every day. You say I plundered you of nothing but papers. I'm not sure of that. How is it possible I should? I miss money too. And he that will steal a pin will steal a pound. But it, it, where it's so, a scholar of papers are the treasure. My generals in particular. But I only took such papers to relate to Sarah Ryan and Sarah Crosby. Why are my lengthy letters? What are my lengthy letters to them? Besides, you have taken part of my journal. Which relate to neither one nor the other. So the woman would take their journals and hide them. Take their letters and burn them. She would, she would search his wardrobe. Okay, probably because he's using very old English. You don't understand. The wife would take the journals, take the papers, hide them, burn them. Everything that he wants to write. Make sure it's a mess. He can't do anything. 
It is a very uncomfortable feeling. To have an accuser as a member of your cabinet or in your home. Jesus did not have it easy. He was under constant scrutiny from people who desperately wanted him to do something wrong. The book of Luke chapter 11 verse 53. Quickly. And as he said these things unto them, the scribes and the Pharisees began to urge him vehemently and to provoke him to speak of many things. Yeah, they provoked him to provoke him to say the things that you did not want to say. We'll do law number eight as we meet again. I was hoping to finish this during leadership. But law number eight says there are law number eight says anyone associated will be with you will be accused as well. Amen. But I am finished. With eyes closed and heads bowed. It's about an eyes closed. If you are here today, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. I urge you today that this is your moment with God. I want you where you are. You say, man of God, I don't have a relationship with Jesus, but I want to start today. I want you to raise your hands. And I want to pray with you. God bless 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 you at the back. God bless you. Even you. Even you. You can still raise your hands. It's not too late. God bless you. God is asking you in your heart. If you feel like, oh, this is a relationship I want to have. Don't worry about your friend. God bless you. God bless you. It's between you and God. God bless you. God bless you. Just keep your hands raised just like that. I want those who are also here and have been born again, but say, I want to have a, I want to start again. There's something that I did wrong. And I want to fix it now. If it's you, can you raise your hands? Thanks for listening. Please share with others, share the pod on social media and leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest news, you can follow Bishop Blessing Libebe on Instagram at blessing.patuchezo and Facebook at Patuchezo Blessing Libebe. You can also follow Dwellers the Church on Instagram at dwellers.insta, on Twitter at dwellers.tc and on YouTube and Facebook as Dwellers the Court. Thanks again. We'll see you next time.